Welcome back, baseball fans, to another exciting edition of On Deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I am joined, as always, by Dominic, but this episode, we have David. He is a voice on many of the other podcasts, but this is the first time that he's able to join On Deck, because this lucky son of a gun has been working for the Cleveland Guardians for the last couple of seasons and was not able to join us due to conflict of interest, but now that that is over, he is allowed to talk with us. So welcome, David, to the podcast. Hello. And sadly, Jeff is not able to make it this week. He's not feeling too good. So we, Jeff, we hope you definitely feel better and we'll be on the next episode. So this episode, we're going to go over a few things. Uh, postseason rundown, I'm going to kind of go over everything that's happened through the postseason and what's led to these final two teams and the world series is set between the philadelphia phillies and the houston astros so we're going to just talk what's gone on and the biggest surprise so far we are going to talk about the biggest baseball gyps and that was kind of a hard word i didn't know what else word to use but somebody that's gotten ripped off screwed over somebody in the baseball world that, that deserves something and didn't get it and we're going to talk about it here and then the gold glove nominations were announced last thursday three in each position and league. And so we are going to go over who deserves it, who impressed you the most, of course, of the season. And then we're going to end our episode, as always, with the one fact about baseball, something that most of you might not know, but we're going to try to make sure that we stump each other to see possibly that. So leading off this episode, we're going to talk about the postseason. So the Tampa Bay Rays played the Cleveland Guardians in the first of the wild card games and Cleveland Guardians beat them two to nothing to secure that win. Then they moved on to the ALDS versus the New York Yankees. And unfortunately, New York won that. And unfortunately, New York won that three to two and moved on to the ALCS. On the other side, we had the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Seattle won that two to nothing and moved on to face the Houston Astros. Houston Astros swept that series, moved on to the ALCS to face the Yankees. And Houston ended up sweeping the New York Yankees in a 4-0 run. The Yankees just did look, did not look like the team of this year at all. Um, so the Houston Astros made it to the World Series. On the National League side, you had the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals in their wild card bid, and Philly won that uh, two to nothing. It was a little bit of a surprise. And then the Phillies faced the Atlanta Braves and won that series three to one to move CS. On the other side, you had the surprise of everybody, the San Diego Padres um, beating the New York Mets two to one to move on to the division series to play the Dodgers. Again, a surprise. The Padres won a three to one in that series to move on to the NLCS to face the Phillies. And the Phillies won that series. That was it, four games to one to move on to World Series. So this year, the World Series is going to be Houston Astros for the American League and the Phillies for the National League. So, guys, what did you think? What was what your opinions of this World Series? David, I'm going to start with you. Honestly, I think it it had its ups and downs, as almost everything does. But it was it's just a lot of fun. And being at the games and hearing the fans go absolutely nuts every time we, uh, had the Guardians had won uh, a game and the series – it was just exciting hearing like 35,000 people just go absolutely nuts. And I think the biggest surprise, obviously outside of the, the Guardians making it to the playoffs, was just how, I guess you could say, poorly both the Yankees and the Dodgers did this year. I'll get to the Yankees in a moment as to why I said that. But I'll start with the Dodgers. Uh, they were the. Fun little fact, they were the first 110-plus game winners, like they won 110 games plus, who didn't make it to at least championship series in either division. The last time someone had 110 games plus 
was the 0-1 Seattle Mariners, and they had, they at least made it to the ALCS. And they didn't really have a great batting average for that series. You're looking at like 227, stuff like that, and only four home runs with 30 hits, which for the Dodgers, and as great of an offense they had, that isn't that great. And then you've got the Yankees. Yes, they did make it to the ALCS, but they got swept by the Astros, which to me shows that the Yankees are not the same, I guess you could say, superpower house of years past that they are known for. And if I'm being honest, with that, how good of an, a team that everyone thought New York had, they probably should have swept the Guardians and or the Rays, depending on who won that uh, wild card. But yet the Guardians took them to five games and they ended up getting swept by the Astros. That's really my biggest surprise and my thoughts on the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Dom, what about you? What is your take on the postseason and kind of what was your biggest surprise out of all of it? I think this has been one of the more memorable postseasons in a while. Uh, for me, there's been quite a bit of surprises. One, how poorly the Dodgers played. Um, they were looking like one of the best teams that we've ever seen in baseball for the longest time. And then they just completely fell apart um, in that series against the Padres. Um, surpri- obviously surprised that the Phillies made it to the World Series. Happy for them. Um, hope they sweep the Astros, that evil team. Um, but I guess I'm also kind of surprised that the Yankees even made it to the ALCS. Um, I think they were a team, yes, they won 99 games, but you saw how they played towards the middle and towards the end of the season. They were solely reliant on Aaron judge and their rotation besides Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole, really not that great. So we kind of saw it coming to a head in the, in the postseason. Honestly, I think the Guardians outplay the Yankees. You look at the Yankees batting average against the Guardians in that season, they batted 189 as a team. They just benefited from, you know, they hit four home runs in the in the series, and that's what really set them apart and got them to win. But I'm, I'm really not surprised that they got swept by the Astros, and, you know, it, it sucks that the Astros are back in the World Series, but I think the Yankees have a lot of work to do in the offseason. Yeah, I definitely believe Houston's road to the World Series was was pretty much, uh, I don't say just it was non-existent. They just didn't really have anybody to put up a fight. Um, you know, they were completely overmatched the the Seattle Mariners, and so you know that was kind of just an easy give for them. And then I firmly believe that that Cleveland beat down New York so much and just depleted their rotations that that they just didn't have anything left in the tank yeah. to compete. And so that's why it was so easy for Houston to, to win all those games. Um, you know, definitely, I think the highlights for me were the Cleveland New York series. I mean, I, I've never watched, uh, you know, a full series that, you know, that intently in a row and, and that, what was the 18 inning game on a Saturday yeah. that, that, yep. I mean, that yeah. I, um, I was so sick to my stomach with anxiety. It was just not even funny. Um, I watched but, every pitch of that game and it was glorious. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> and, and then just, you know, and that was pretty much the series or the, for me throughout the, for the, at least the American League of really what, you know, mm-hmm. what was the highlight for the American League side. You move over to the National League side. I think that the Phillies, you know, a sixth seed, which is like, crazy to me obviously we've never had like a six seed before so you know this is kind of different you know i was going to say that this is me is this the first time a six seed and a, a one seed have played each other but then i'm like there's never been a six seed before so yeah probably as far as that goes yes but um but for them to kind of you know breeze past st louis is one thing but then uh they definitely you know gave it to atlanta uh you know which was phenomenal but that was not really a highlight for me. I think that they, they won it easily. Um, I think that the, the the vision for me or the games for me was the NLCS Phillies and, and uh, Padres. And 
Um, I know that it doesn't show because they won four games to one, but those were all real close games that went back to back, um, especially game four, I believe. Um, you know, that started off with, with what San Diego with four to nothing lead in the fourth. Um, and then Philly came back to win it like 10 to eight. It was just, it was just back to back. So that was definitely the series for me. I personally believe that the Phillies are so hot right now and those bats are so hot. And I think everything that the, the, the team camaraderie, just everybody is just, just firing on all cylinders and, I think it's going to go seven games, and I. But I believe that the Phillies are going to win this World Series. What are your? I think Dom, you already said that you want the Phillies to win. David, what is your take? Are you Houston or Phillies for this? I'm probably Phillies on this one as well. I was just happy that Houston beat New York. That's probably the only time I've ever been happy for Houston. I think that almost every baseball fan is can say that. <laughs> No, I wanted that series to end in a tie or for neither team to win. I hate both teams. <laughs> Do you think but, that this is the end all for Aaron Judge um, when it comes to his tenure as New York uh, skipper? You know, he hasn't really done anything as far as I mean, he's done good to the regular season, but do you think that they're going to look to uh, replace him or do you think they're going to keep him? Oh, Boone? Yeah, I think he's gone. I, I think their, their general manager, someone came out in support of him, but if you're the general manager of the, of the Yankees, you're a team that's, and you have a fan base that's expecting to win championships, and you haven't been to the World Series since 2009. And under Aaron Boone's management, they get to the playoffs, they look like this amazing powerhouse team, and then they completely collapse every year. Um, so I, I don't think that's something that I would expect the Yankees organization to tolerate, but we'll see. David, any final thoughts before we move on to the next segment? I was going to bring this up a little bit earlier. It's kind of funny that you brought the the eighteen game, uh, eighteen inning game uh, that Seattle and Houston had, and literally like a week and a half, a week or so before that, the Guardians had a fifteen game, a fifteen inning game, and mm-hmm. I guess that was the longest game I had ever worked. <laughs> So it was definitely, it was, uh, it was some crazy playoffs. And I think we were definitely rewarded. And I, I agree with Dom that he's the entertaining, um, post seasons I've, I've witnessed in a while. Um, a lot of, a lot of, we're going to talk about a <laughs> player who player team, whatever that, that just, that got screwed over. And Dave, I'm going to again, start with you on this one. Cause I know you got a good one. So is a person player team, coach whatever that has been gypped i'm gonna go with this year's al mvp now if this was like a a year where we didn't have like a shohei otani i think this year's al mvp would be hands down aaron judge without a doubt i mean you're looking at a guy who batted 300 plus with about 61 62 home runs 130 RBIs, and it, that's just insane, regardless of who you're talking about, whether you're a Yankees fan or not a Yankees fan. That's just insane. Then you throw in Shohei Otani, who is a in, very interesting and insane player himself. He batted, what, 273 this year with 34 home runs and 95 RBIs which that alone is insane. But then you combine that with the fact that he was I he was a fringe AL Cy Young candidate slash winner on top of that. And no matter who wins this MVP, whether it's Otani or Judge, someone's going to argue the other person got screwed. Yeah, I, I definitely that, that, and that's great forward thinking on this. I, you know, I, we are always thinking of screwed over in the past tense, and you just kind of take took that as a the a future screw, and uh, that's that's uh, I like that that thinking <laughs> very much. So, but I completely agree that that between the two of them, and I mean, if there was an award that you could just give it to both of them, that that'd be fantastic. But it, it, both of them are beyond deserving of it. So. The fact that we're going to have to decide between the two of them is just like, it's just 
not a fun job. All right, Dom, what do you got? Well, I got a player and a team. I'm going to start with a player, and that player is Juan Pierre, never making an all-star game. I think I, I mentioned this a while back. Um, uh, on, on, our, uh, on, on our all-star game episode. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that he never made it to an all-star game bothers me. I mean, this man played 14 seasons, batted 295 through his entire career, was one of the best leadoff hitters in all of baseball, had 614 stolen bases, and 2,000 hits in his career. Never once made an all-star game. If you like, if any other player had that stats, but had maybe 10 more home runs a season, they'd be a perennial all-star, one of the best players other generation. But this guy doesn't really get the kind of he doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he wasn't a power hitter. It still bothers me that he never made an all-star game. Yeah, yeah. Um, the team still bitter about the 2016 World Series, but man, I, I think the Cleveland uh, Guardians Indians at the time uh, got screwed out of that World Series. If that rain delay never happens in Game Seven, after we just tied the game and had all the momentum, I, I think uh, the Cleveland Indians would have been the World Series champions instead of the uh, Chicago Cubs. Yeah, we definitely talked about that one. That was a, that was a tough, tough one to swallow. You hit that that homer out. It was just like, okay, here it comes, here it comes, and then then you yep. had to sit, sit and wait and feel the the team just wasn't pretty. I played rec league games in more rain than what they called in that rain delay. <laughs> what were you saying, David? I remember where you and I were when Rajay Davis hit that home run. We were in Nick's dorm, and I lost my freaking mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had just left the Nick's dorm room to go over to the fraternity's chapter room when that happened. And everyone in the fraternity chapter room was losing their mind. And I just remember running out into the hallway and just seeing you there. Yep. <laughs> ah, good memories, good memories. Five years later, still bothers me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, hopefully with the uh, the momentum that they have right now. And, and Nick and I talked about that on Iowa's today, that, that they're, you know, they're in need of a few things and definitely listen to Ohio verse to find out what those things that they need are. But, uh, you know, if they get some key pieces moving forward, I think they're a championship caliber team would would definitely listen to that and and find out what we talked about. So my hair that was gypped or screwed over or, you know, beguiled or whatever you want to call it is Nolan Ryan, 27 seasons. So, Led the all-time record leader for no hitters with seven uh, strikeouts, five thousand seven hundred and fourteen. You know he won the World Series in nineteen sixty nine. He's had, I mean, multiple three hundred plus strikeout seasons in, in his career, dating all the way through the seventies. He's you know retired at the age of like what was that forty four, um, and just was a phenomenal. Uh, and you know, I think 773 starts, um, which is second all time to Cy Young. And then all of that, all of that accolade that Nolan Ryan has had, he never won the Cy Young award. He always came in second to Palmer, somebody else, and it just never quite got that particular, you know, Pat when he passed Koufax and did all that, he never won a Cy Young. And that just, you know, robbery of, of what a historic career he had and was never able to win what to me is the epitome for a pitcher to win that award and, and they just kind of always glossed by him over his career and, you know you got to think in friggin seasons not once did he shine out more than anybody else even you know like I said 332 strikeouts a year you know just didn't happen so that is the one that was screwed over that. Any thoughts on that, guys? I think it's just insane that a guy went till he was almost 45 and was still dominant. I mean, I can't be too surprised considering we still have Justin Verlander and he's, what, almost 40? 
And but what is his strikeouts when it comes to like he's he's thousands behind behind Nolan Ryan when it comes to that. Yeah, and he's I think he's pushing forty, but he he said he wants to play. There was an interview uh, this year in one of the, you know after the facts that he said he wants to try to pitch as, as long as if not longer than Nolan Ryan ever pitched. Gold Glove numbers, and they were announced last Thursday, so about a little over a week ago, or a little less than a week ago. And the winners will be announced in a one-hour uh, baseball tonight special on Game Four. I believe it happens at 5 p.m., so right before Game Four of the World Series, that's scheduled November 1st. So I'm going to run down the list in each uh, each league in each position. I'm going to kind of guess get your opinions on it. Out of the three, who do you think should win it? Uh, so I'm going to start with the American League, and we're going to start in right field. And you have Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Boston uh, Red Sox slash Toronto Blue Jays, Max Kepler of Minnesota, and Kyle Tucker of Houston. So, Dom, who do you think got it on this one? I'm going to have to go with Jackie Bradley Jr. on this one. Uh, I mean, this guy, he's been one of the best offenders in all of baseball pretty much his entire career. Um, the fact that he hasn't really slowed down at all, uh, he's he's definitely deserving of it. Okay. What about you, Dave? Jackie Bradley Jr. was also a number one pick for me as well. And a very close second uh, was Kyle Tucker because he definitely helped that Astros team out too very significantly. Okay. Moving on to center field, you've got Cedric Mullins of Baltimore, Miles Straw of Cleveland, and Michael A. Taylor of Kansas City. David, who do you got on this one? Uh, as much as uh, – Straw did very well, and he definitely was the leader of that uh, outfield. Uh, he is definitely a very close second, but I went with Cedric Mullins. Okay. Dom, what about you? I was torn between Mullins and Straw. Um, I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Straw on this one. Um, he's, like David said, clear leader that that's outfield. He had one of the highest – fielding rates he had he was towards the top of the league in putouts um or assists from the outfield it's he's just a game changer when it comes to defense okay all right moving on to left field you've got andrew benatendi half the year with the royals half the year with the yankees before the injury towards the end of the season kind of knocked him out you've got steven kwan of cleveland and brandon marsh of la slash philly so, what do you guys got for left field, Dom? Um, got to stick with Cleveland, Stephen Kwan. Um, I would have given it to Ben Attendee, but we we saw Kwan play longer into the season because of Ben Attendee's injury. Um, he really impressed me with his fielding ability this year. I wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect from expect with him with, with him being a rookie. Um, we all know what he can do with his bat. Um, I think his fielding is pretty underappreciated. And again, from left field, he was towards the top of the league in putouts. Okay. Dave, what do you got on that one? I'd have to go with Stephen Kwan as well. Uh, I saw him pull off several amazing plays, whether it was diving into the wall, uh, the 19-foot wall where the bleachers are, or actually diving into the stands and stuff like that just to go get an out. And just his complete intensity to want to try and go get an out to the best of his ability was just insane. And he played all around so well, uh, both defensively and offensively, that I would have been really disappointed if he wasn't at least considered for Rookie of the Year because he just did that that well. I'm just getting on base and being a really good defensive player. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Analogy, or no, I completely agree with that opinion. So on to third base, we have Matt Chapman of Toronto, Jose Ramirez of Cleveland, and Ramon Urias of Baltimore. So, David, who do you have for this one? I have to go with Jose on this one, another Cleveland one. He did very well at playing third, didn't make very many mistakes, if any at all, and just offensively was phenomenal. 
And Dom, what do you got on uh, the third base guys? Got to go with uh, Matt Chapman on this one. I mean, he's been one of, if not the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball for at least the last five years. Uh, obviously, he hasn't slowed down at all. Had one of his better seasons uh, defensively this year. Got to give it to him. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with Dom on this one. Chapman was just... So, shortstop, we have got Xander Bogarts of Boston and Carlos Correa of short-termed uh, the, the short uh, um, tenure of Minnesota and then uh, Jeremy Pena of Houston. So, Don, what do you have on shortstop? I feel like Carlos Correa being in Minnesota, he's kind of overlooked nationally by a lot of people. Um, I got to give it to him. I, he had a really amazing year, maybe a little bit down year offensively, but we're talking about the gold gloves, so offense doesn't matter. He had an amazing season in the field. Um, we'll see if he returns to Minnesota, but I think he's definitely deserving of the gold glove this year. Yeah, I mean, I know he did opt out of the, the contract, so so I said short-term. Uh, yeah. He resigns for a different structured contract. Uh, so, D- Dave, what do you got on the shortstops? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, your Xander Bogarts there, uh, Greg. Definitely helped out the team wherever he could, even though it wasn't the Boston Red Sox greatest year of all time. But this is an individual players award, not a team award. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think offensively and defensively, he was contributing to that team when a lot of other players were not. All right, moving forward to second base, you've got Andres Jimenez uh, in Cleveland. You've got Jonathan Schroop in Detroit and Marcus Seaman in Texas. David, who is your second base pick? I got to go with Andres Jimenez. Uh, just was absolutely fantastic. Got into uh, the All-Star game. It was his, also his first All-Star game. And was a part of that Francisco Lindor trade. And so far, I think we've won that trade because of the per- people like Andre Jimenez. Okay. Dom, what do you got? As much as I like Jimenez, um, I got to go with Jonathan Shoup of Detroit. Um, again, absolutely amazing season. His 27 outs above average led all major league players. So I, it's kind of hard not to give it to him just off of that statistic alone. Um, absolutely one of the best defensive second baseman of the game. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I was, I was looking at Simeon earlier today and realized that, you know, and uh, the AL hasn't had a second baseman win consecutive gold gloves since Pedroia in 2013-04. And I'm just a statistical guy like that, so I definitely, you know, he's out of the picture. So I'm going to go with uh, Jimenez. Uh, it's phenomenal. But, you know, David's uh, picks have all been Cleveland, so. Uh, well, I, not I, all of them. His. A, a little bit of a homer bias, huh? No. <laughs> a little bit, but I thought I gave a good reason. <laughs> no, I agree. All right, moving on to the first base. Question about a little bit. Uh, Luis uh, Arreas, uh, Minnesota, Vlad Guerrero Jr. of Toronto, and Anthony Rizzo of the New York Yankees for first base. Uh, what do you got on this one, Dom? When you see Rizzo on the list, it's kind of hard not to give it to him. Um, I understand why Arise and Guerrero are on the list, but Rizzo is one of the best defenders in all of baseball, regardless of position. Um, And again, had an amazing season in the field. It's hard not to give it to him. For sure. I mean, he's the established name right there. He's established for a reason. So, Dave, what do you got? I'm going to go with uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. on this one. He, I think he's up and he's definitely proving himself out there on the field. He's definitely living up to his, uh, I guess you could say, father's legacy as well. And I think this would just, not only, not only is he doing well in the field, but I think would, this would supplement his legacy as well, away from his father. For sure. All right, moving on to catcher. You got Sean Murphy of Oakland, Cal Raleigh of Seattle, and Jose Trevino of New York. Dave, what do you got on the catchers? I'm going to go with Cal Raleigh. He uh, definitely helped out a lot 
with Seattle's success outside of uh, like Julio Rodriguez, who definitely was a very big asset for them. But he was also catching behind their two major starters as well. And just being able to lead, help lead that team to their first playoffs in 20 years is just impressive. All right, Don, what do you got? I got to go with Jose Trevino of, of the Yankees. Um, let's see. Trevino, he was, he led all of Major League Baseball in framing runs saved. So just his ability to catch the ball and kind of deceive the umpires a little bit um, saved quite a bit of runs for the Yankees this year. Um, just amazing defensive catcher, throws out a lot of guys. He's, I think he's a clear front runner in this. Yeah, agreed on that one. All right, moving on to pitcher Jose Barreos of Toronto, Shane Bieber of Cleveland, and Jamison Callion of New York. But who do you got for the pitcher, Dom? I'm going to go with Shane Bieber. Um, not too familiar with a lot of these uh, pitchers' defensive stats, um, but gotta, uh, I guess I'll just go with Bieber. <laughs> Okay, David, who are you picking? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Jamison Talion. I actually looked him up a little bit, and he had won like one or two more games than Shane Bieber. Uh, and so I went with him instead, but Shane Bieber was a very close second, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won that either. So it could go either way for me. Yeah, I think I, I as well and then there's the uh all um, amazing utility gold glove and you've got dj lemayhew of new york city you've got wit mirfield of kansas city slash toronto and luis rengifo rengifo is that how you say it um uh, close uh, up to me yeah yeah so uh david who do you have for the utility gold glove I went with Whit Merrifield on this one. He just going between two different teams and being a successful defensive player on what is currently a very bad team on uh, in Kansas City and then being relatively the same defensive player going to Toronto and helping them get into the playoffs is just great. Dom, what do you got? I also got to go with Whit Merrifield on this. Um, he's a versatile player who plays multiple positions, second base, outfield. Um, he actually finished with five outs above replacement. He was three outs above replacement at second base, one out above replacement in center, and one in right. Uh, the guy, you stick him anywhere on the field, and he's going to be able to do a really a, above serviceable job. Yeah, I mean, and that's the true key to a utility player being able to get those outs at all the different positions you play, you know, not just one special. We're going to start on with the National League, and we're going to start like as we did before in the American League. We're going to go with the right field, uh, Mookie Betts for the Dodgers, Juan Soto, Washington, slash San Diego, and Dalton Varsho of Arizona. Uh, Don, what do you got for the National League right field? It's got to be Mookie Betts. I mean, he's won five straight gold gloves. He um, led MLB in without. He led all outfielders in Major League Baseball with 17 outs above replacement. He, like I said, he's won five straight. He's going to make it six. Yeah, I mean, this, I, it's so fun to watch this guy play. You know, fan of Boston, you know, fan of him and the Dodgers. Uh, just it's like you're watching a Hall of Fame career happen. And every season, it just gives you something else to be like, yep, that's why he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. sure on that. So, David, what do you got for right field National League? But hard not to go with Mookie Betts on that one either. So, I got to go with you guys on that. Okay. All right. Then we'll stick with you for center field. You got Trent Grisham of San Diego. You've got Victor Robles, uh, Washington, and Alex Thomas. Alec Thomas, I'm sorry, Arizona. David, who do you got for center field? Uh, I went with Trent Grisham. He was a, definitely a big part of San Diego's success this year, whether it was defense or offense. They finally made it relatively 
deep into the playoffs, and I think he definitely played a part in it. Okay. All right. Don, what do you got on that center field, guys? I'm going to go with Victor Robles uh, of Washington. I think he he really solidified himself this year, especially defensively, as one of the guys that Washington's really going to be able to build around in that um, outfield going forward. We know they're kind of a rebuilding team. I think he's one of the pieces that they'll be able to build around. All right. All right. I'm going to stick with you for left field with Ian Hop of the Cubs, David Peralta of Arizona slash Tampa, and Kristen Yelish of Minnesota, or I'm sorry, Milwaukee, the Brew Crew. Uh, what do you got left field? I got to go with Ian Happ. I mean, he really came onto the scene this year. I think this is his breakout season. He was great offensively, defensively, just all around. Um, I, I think he's very deserving of the award. Uh, you know, my guy at this point is definitely going to be yellowish. Uh, you know, he was not able to do offensively on the plate and with the bat. He was able to definitely do a couple of games that I watched uh, of the Brewers. He was uh, very surprising, though he hasn't won it since – 2014 with the Marlins, you know, maybe his time is done, but uh, half was a close second for me, but I'm going to give it to Yelich. And that's just, again, personal opinion based on what I've watched throughout the season. David, what do you have for left field? Uh, for me, it's also Christian Yelich, um, but also really close second would be David Peralta. Um, Yelich just, like you said, struggled offensively, but was able to pick it up. Um, defense kind of like uh, Miles Straw. Miles Straw wasn't the greatest offensively, but definitely picked up the slack on the defensive side of the ball. And then David Peralta, I was able to watch him while he was a part of the Tampa Bay Rays, and he definitely was a big factor in the fifth in their AL wildcard series, keeping it definitely a low-scoring game for the Rays and trying to help them get a better chance at winning both games. Obviously, it went to the Guardians, which I was very happy for. And, but yeah, he was definitely a big factor in the, uh, the second half for Tampa Bay. I'll stick with you. We're third base, where this one was definitely third base for the National League, was because kind of a, a, a no brainer for me, but for you guys. But third base had Nolan Ariando. Uh, Arenado, I'm sorry, Nolan Arenado of St. Louis, uh, Key Brian Hayes of Pittsburgh, and Ryan Mc, uh, McMahon, McMahon, maybe, uh, Colorado. Um, I thought this was a runaway for Arenado, but I mean, what do you guys think? I went with Aaron and uh, Nolan as well on this one. So I decided to agree with you on that. He yep. just was excellent throughout the season. So that's all I really have to say on that one. Yep. Dom. Yeah. Um, Arenado, him and Matt Chapman are probably the two best defensive um, third basemen in baseball. It, I mean, he, he's a lock for the award every year that, that he plays. Now, Cabrian Hayes, he's only 25. So I can see him winning multiple gold gloves down the road. But as long as Aaron, Nolan Arenado is still playing, he's going to win the award. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That was like I said, it was the the biggest no brainer. But if I say Nolan Arenado, it comes out better. But if I just try to say his last name by itself, I, I that's about. All right, moving on to a short stop. You have Hey Song Kim of uh, San Diego, which he definitely showed off his skills uh, throughout this postseason. Miguel Rojas of Miami and Dan B Dansby Swanson of Atlanta. Dom, what do you got for shortstop in the National League? It's got to be Dansby Swanson. His 20 outs above average led all of shortstops, through, like regardless of American League or National League. Uh, again, you, just, you can't argue against that. Yeah. All right, David, what do you got for shortstop? I went with Miguel Rojas, uh, primarily because he was one of the few guys I was familiar with. And did very well on a struggling Miami Marlins team. So just being able to help out wherever he could and whenever he could. Second base, we have Jake Cronesworth of San Diego, Tommy Edmond of St. Louis, and 
Brendan Rogers of Colorado. David, what do you got for second base? I went with uh, Jake Cronenworth for the San Diego Padres. Kind of like uh, Mookie definitely helped out in the success throughout the season, as well as uh, what Mookie Betts was for Dodgers and helping out defensively, he was for the San Diego Padres. Dom, what do you got? I got to go with Tommy Edmond. Um, he played a lot of second base, obviously, but he also played a lot of shortstop, and he was stellar at both positions. Uh, again, I, I think he's the clear winner here. Uh, very high put-out rate, very low um, errors, just amazing defensive player all around. Shortstop, Paul Goldschmidt of uh, St. Louis, and Matt Olson of Atlanta, and Christian Walker of Arizona. What do you have for first base, Tom? It's got to be Goldie. For sure. Paul Goldie Schmidt. He's already he's already won four. I think this will be his fifth. I mean, again, him and um and Rizzo. I mean, they are clearly the elite defenders at their positions. I, I think it's a no brainer. Agreed, agreed. Uh David, what do you got for first base? Are you sticking with Goldie on that one too? Oh yeah. One of the few guys I was familiar with for the uh first base as well. So I went with him because he was one of the few players I knew. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Our listeners appreciate the honesty. Mm-hmm. We're dwindling down to uh, the end of this list. So, so we got a few left, three left. Catcher Travis D. Uh, Arnold of Atlanta, uh, Thomas Nido of the Mets, and JT Romuldo of Philly. What do you guys got for Gold Glove for Catcher? David, I'll start with you. I went with JT Realmoto of Philadelphia. I think just being able to throw out and be a solid catcher, much just during the regular season, but much less during the playoffs and helping his team and not let allowing too many pass balls and clutch moments as well. Yeah, and I mean his his ability offensively too. Uh, especially this post and one of the galvanizing forces for Philly. He's able to do it offensively. But uh, what do you got for catcher, Dom? Um, I got to agree. Real Muto, I mean, he's been regarded as one of, if not the best defensive catcher in in baseball for a while now. Uh, he's, he's really just had an incredible year behind the plate. I think he's got to win it. Okay. Moving to pitcher, Tyler Anderson of the Dodgers, Corbin Burns of the Brewers, and Max Freed of the Braves. What do you got for pitcher, Dom? Um, I mean, Max Freed won it the last two years. Might as well make it three in a row, right? For sure. <laughs> uh, what do you have on that? Do you agree to, agreed with Freed or not? I went with Tyler Anderson. The guy was definitely a part of a very impressive L.A. Dodgers pitching staff and the fact that he was able to help with leading the Dodgers to 110 wins on the season. Yes, they may have struggled in the first round and got eliminated, but just getting to 110 games is something impressive to say. All right. All right. Moving on to our final category, and it's the utility gold glove. We've got Brendan Donovan of St. Louis, Tommy Evans of St. Louis, and Dalton Varsho Bar- uh, of Arizona. Uh, David, who do you have for your utility gold glove in the National League? I went with Dalton Varsho on this one. You don't see too many times a catcher and a, an outfielder as well at the same time. So just seeing that alone and being successful enough to be in both a utility gold glove and an outfield gold glove is just something impressive. Dom, what do you got? I want to agree with you, David, but I got I got to go again with Tommy Edmund. If he doesn't win second base gold glove, he's going to win the utility gold glove because he, he pretty much split equal time at second base and shortstop which is why he's you know listed as the utility um, gold glove candidate. Again, just one of the best defenders, especially in the middle infield in all of baseball. So it's kind of hard to argue against him, but yeah. 
I, I'm going to go with Donovan on this one. You know, you talk about a key utility, and you know he started 32 games at second base, 21 games at third base, 16 in right field, uh, 16 in left field. Talk about just the versatility of being able to do all those different. It's staggering. So, well, that does it for uh, the gold glove nominations again make sure you tune in to the game for the world series uh, i think at five o'clock uh two gold gloves moving on to our final segment and that's the one fact about baseball something that you guys may or may not know and we're going to try to stump each other and or trick each other so dom i'm going to start with you what is your one fact about baseball okay a little bit of a trivia question here um, regarding regarding Bob Feller, the uh, Hall of Fame Indians pitcher, how many complete games do you guys think he threw in his entire career? Which, again, spanned from 1936, took a four-year gap to serve in World War II, and finished in 1956. 16-year career with a gap of four years. How many? Com- I think it's going to be something like zero. Complete games? I'm going to go with 20. Through complete the game. So, so first inning to nine, nine innings, complete games. Yeah. How Neither of you are correct. How many? He started 484 games, and 279 of them were complete games. Well, see, I was thinking that one of those real categories <laughs> this where you quite finished a game type of situation. No. This was that era where, hey, if you started the game, you were going to finish it. Um. Yeah, two hundred seventy nine career complete games. There was the most um, innings he pitched in a season. Uh, he it went in one year, nineteen forty six. He pitched three hundred seventy one innings. Jesus. <laughs> so we, we see pitchers now. They hit, you know, hundred and fifty. 190 we're like oh wow they they really used that pitcher this year yeah for 371 sure. <laughs> for bob Fallon. that's crazy yeah see i thought you were trying to trick us with the you know some mm-hmm. all right david what is your one fact about baseball all right um so and i actually fact checked this too who are the uh two Leading managers to win a World Series, like total amount of World Series. Hmm. As head coach, like as manager. As a manager, how many? Uh, bench coach or anything like that. Not bench coach, that manager. No, well, it's probably someone from before our time. Yes, like well before. This was like uh, well before even Greg. Oh, but thanks for making me feel old. Wow, yeah. Wow. I'm insulted for you. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, it's well before all of us. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm... All right. So we're looking at two different coaches because they're both tied and they're both Yankees managers. We're looking at. Oh, great. Joe McCarthy who led the Yankees, and Casey Stengel uh, both led the Yankees to seven champ- championships each. So 14 out of the 27 championships were these two guys. Uh, Joe wow. McCarthy led the Yankees from 1931 to 1946. And Casey Stengel's tenure with the Yankees was 49 through 60. Damn, so that's impressive. 11 years as a coach, he won seven World Series in less nuts. That's insane. That's insane. All right, so my uh, little fact is uh, so Bryce Harper goes into his first World Series ever this this season. Um, and in the postseason, uh, he has the fifth highest postseason OPS. With this, that's a minimum of uh, 40 at bats. Can you name one of the four in front of him? So, Bryce Harper's OPS for 2022 so far, this is so far as 1.351. Uh, 
so fifth highest postseason uh, OPS, uh, 40 starts. Can you name it? Anyone, four, three, two, or one. Was it a roided up Sammy Sosa? I was going to say I probably either McGuire or Barry Bonds. So you were right on one of them, David. Barry Bonds leads that with a 1.559 is the highest postseason OPS of all time. He did that in 2002. Carlos Beltran did 1.557 in 2004. Paul Molitor did 1.378 in 1993. And Willie Stargell. Uh, we had a 1.362 in 1979. Leading off, or leading the rest of the list, you got Alex Rodriguez at 1.308 in 09. Albert Pujols, 1.286 in 04. And in that same year, David Ortiz, oh, 2004, 1.278. And then you had Randy Orozarena in 2020, 273. And Ken Griffey Jr. leading, ending the list in 1995 with 1.6, 1.260. So uh, Barry Bonds, it was kind of surprising me, 2002. Well, that does it for this edition of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. I wanted to throw out a little dedication of this episode to Dominic's grandfather. Uh, he lost a, a week ago, so we wanted to just let you know, Dom, that we have your family uh, in our prayers and uh, through this difficult time. So just very sorry for your loss thank you guys i appreciate that well that does it uh it makes you download us on anywhere you can get your podcast uh apple music spotify and until next time baseball is america's pastime we hope that you enjoyed this episode of on deck as much as we have you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at deep.dive.sports or download us through amazon apple or wherever else you get your podcasts As always, we are on deck, presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.